is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Kevin Colbert had a little powwow with the media on Monday afternoon, President's Day, giving some thought to a lot of what has been up in the air, his future with the team, when he's going to step away, what they're going to do with the quarterback, free agency cap space that they have, and the biggest elephant in the room, Steph Tuitt, and his status for the year. Uh, A lot of stuff that Colbert got into with uh, the media, but I think the most important one, because it's the only thing on minds this offseason, the quarterback position. And first he said that the team plans to tender quarterback Dwayne Haskins. And he said, quote, maybe he evolves into a starter at some point, but none of us know right now. Mm -hmm. When it came to Mason Rudolph, he said, if the season were to end today, or, the, or to start, start today, the- Mason would be our starting quarterback, and that's something we feel comfortable with, that he can go out there and win this game. So that handles the two guys in-house. But what about bringing in other people? Well, we kind of finally got confirmation that that is going to happen from Colbert. We all knew it was going to happen, but it was nice to hear it put out there. He said, we're going to have four entering right. training camp, and we right. have two right now. So there's going to be I two more coming. Didn't he say he... he- he plans to bring in a veteran guy and a younger guy, so implying that there will be a free agent or or maybe a trade for low little capital and an acquisition via the draft. Yeah, I think you can get that young guy in free agency or in the draft. Sure. But I I don't know if they're going to be spending a draft pick on a quarterback. I kind of feel like a lot of this Malik Willis. Oh, we love Malik Willis. Tomlin's talking to Malik Willis. Do they really, really uh, are infatuated with this guy? And uh, oh, well, <clears throat> excuse me. If Kenny Pickett is there, honey, we really like him. The reports that they'll take him if he's sitting there. Some of that kind of feels maybe like smoke and mirrors to me. You know, maybe they're a team that everybody knows wants a quarterback, so they act like they really want a quarterback in the draft. But they're probably looking at offensive linemen, defensive linemen first. And I, th- I, would hope so. I think that the free agency is where they're going to look at to add a-, a quarterback. You know, just because they only have two right signed and Haskin will, Haskins will be tendered doesn't necessarily mean that Dobbs won't be the third one, that they won't bring back Dobbs That's and there's point. your third one. And then all of a sudden you just have to sign one more in free agency, maybe a, a veteran. Or you go into like the fifth or sixth round of the draft and take a flyer on some kid that's not expected to even make the roster, mm-hmm. but is just expected to be at camp. Now, if you go that route, sign Dobbs and go with the flyer just to fill in a warm body and put on your practice squad, you're basically admitting that it's Rudolph's job. And there's not going to sure. be, there will be competition, quote unquote, with Haskell, but it won't be. It legit. won't be for QB1. Probably. Well, I think they'd probably frame it that way. Maybe. But I don't think that I would have any confidence in Haskins beating out Rudolph. I mean, it would have to be perfect training camp. Almost. I think if that was a chance, we would have seen some signs of it for Haskins beating out Rudolph as QB two last year. And despite the the hundreds of conversations across all Steelers platform, it just did not seem that that was going to happen. It seemed that it was pretty much a job from day one. And so if you're battling for QB2 and you win that battle pretty much hand over fist, QB1 has to be pretty much even more locked up. So back to the draft, this quote from Hobart really stands out as far as 
maybe shying away from going with a quarterback from the, the rookie class. As far as the draft class of quarterbacks, there's good quality available. Probably not as many as there have been in recent years. I think that's a really nice way, a really professional way of saying this class ain't bleep. <laughs> no, it's even that. I don't. I, it may be a little tough. He goes on to but say, "But it is what it is." There <laughs> is no. There is right. There is no Joe Burrow, or there is no. There's no slam there, dunk. There is, but not even that. There is no. There is no group of okay. You could go with Darnold, or you could go with Baker, or you could go with Allen. Right. It's just. Do you want to go with Pickett, or do you want to go with? I love Malik Kenny Pickett Willis? more than a son. I'm sure you do, but I really think this is one of the worst quarterback classes I can remember in a long, long time. And they, and you know what? Now Willis, Kenny Pickett, they're going to be in the Hall of Sam Fame. Sam Howell will all retire the same year with five Super Bowls. Each. And yeah, yeah, you're right. But it is anyhow. Sports tends to work out that way. But seriously, like I can't remember a class that there hasn't been at least one guy I look at and go. This is a he top five be, pick. Easily. Even if he does bust out, he at the moment I'm thinking this guy can change the game. I mean, you look at uh, Kyler Murray's class. You look, Murray was a stud, and the class with Baker was full of them. Right, I mean, it was the year right before Murray. Uh, Mahomes and Watson taken in the same year. Uh, also, Mitch Trubisky taken that year as well. I mean, there's guys that just feel like you have so much potential, and with this crop, you got a Ritter. And you got Willis, and you got, I'm trying to think of the other guy's name, Carson Strong. Sure. Those are three guys that I think are rising upwards and are the guys that are kind of like, mm, they have a pretty high ceiling. Uh, Matt Corral, I think, fits into that too as a sure. guy who has a really high ceiling. And then you have guys like Kenny Pickett, whose ceiling might not be that high, but I don't think he has that low of a floor. Like, I think he'll be a pretty solid player in the NFL. But none of them strike me as a potential star in this league. And I just don't remember... The last time we've had a quarterback class where there hasn't been at least one guy that you look at and say, he's got massive star potential. Whether he realizes it or not is a different story, but all the tools are there for him. And he's going to be set up to be a major player in this league. I, I do not see that in anybody in this class. And I know that there's teams that are going to take a, a, a fly not a flyer, but they're going to pick Pickett, they're going to pick Corral, and they're going to have them be starters for them next year or the, the very year after that. And I just don't know if any of them are going to end up being those franchise guys. So I, it's upsetting to be a in fan this of the spot. NFL. Well, and to be a fan of a team that finally could use a quarterback. This yeah, is not this the, is year. the first class, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that helps them go with the needs that they need more than a quarterback now. And then the next year's class, if it's deeper, you know, you finish like 15th, 16th in the draft. I think it will be because from Oklahoma will be there. Caleb Williams, right? Well, he goes to USC now. Oh, you're yeah, right. He transferred to USC. You're I don't right. know if he will be there. I think he's going to stay at U. I think he's got another year at USC. Uh, Spencer Rattler, the right. guy who transferred guy to South from Carolina, Oklahoma. he'll be a candidate to be in, in this draft class. But seriously, Jacob, I look at college and maybe I'm ignorant. There's no Lawrence or. I mean, Burrow came out of nowhere his senior year, right. so maybe someone like that happens. But, but in our sights, there's I don't know, no Caleb Bryce Young is probably the one. He's two years away, so right. you don't know. But he's probably the one I'd look at in college as the, the next guy, as far as like slam dunk. I think Caleb Williams too. I think yeah, keep well, an eye out for that guy. Yeah, I think he did really well towards the end of Oklahoma last year, and I think Lincoln Riley's offense in USC. I mean, he's obviously quarterback one. That's why he transferred mm -hmm. there. So yeah, I think. He's got a lot of potential. The skill is just all over the place with that kid. So I think he's 
Good, good call there. But yeah, I look at Bryce Young and I just think that guy's got all the tools. And the the young quarterback from Ohio State too. Um, sure. What's his name? I can't remember his name right now. He started off really slow this year. We're not we're not in college. C.J. Stroud. Yes, yeah, Stroud. Stroud's gonna be a stud in the NFL. He was lighting it up towards the end of the season. He just had to get his feet. He's eighteen year old kid. He had to get his feet wet a little bit. So there are studs on the horizon. But this year and even the year after next year, it just doesn't. It seems pretty bare bones. Yeah, you say that. Yeah, we'll yeah, right. we'll see some guy. Come, there will be a star in this class. He'll, he'll run away with the Heisman, or he'll run away as the best quarterback. Corral will go to the Commanders, and he'll be a great quarterback or something like that. So, so it always does change. But as of right now, I just I just don't see it. So that brings me to free agency. Mm-hmm. And Colbert mentioned that the Steelers have. Really more cap than they really have in recent years as far as free agency He made that concerned. a point. Yeah. But he also made it a point to say, I don't necessarily know if that means we'll address free agency any differently than we have in the past. But he did kind of say, I'm kind of leaving the door open for that. But also when he said address it any differently, he still went out and signed three veterans last year. He went out and acquired Fitzpatrick of the year before. Trade, though, not free agency. Sure, but, I mean, he's made moves. The thing is, though— He hasn't just sat by and been a pedestrian. Well, that's the thing, though. He kind of does do that at the beginning of free agency. He lets lets the big dogs fall, and then, oh, Melvin Ingram's still out there. Sign Melvin Ingram. Or, uh, oh, Joe Hayden's become available from the Browns. I'll make a trade for Joe Hayden. That one was pretty cool, though. That one was, like, within, like, a 48-hour period. So, like, he kind of, and the Steelers have had the strategy for free agency starts— Let's stand pat. All the big dogs right. go. You don't ever see the Steelers make up in March yeah. or April. Steven Nelson draft. was available a couple weeks after the, the initial wave of free agency. He kind of waits for that secondary crop. It's just been their M.O. And it's probably it's been their out. M.O. because they don't have the money to go in on the top dogs But it also the first works day. out because Kevin Colbert's a great scout. Yeah, of course. But now that you have the money to kind of throw your weight around on day one or day two of free agency, I think... We're going to be all holding our breath a little bit come mm-hmm. whatever it is in March, March when, 19th, it, when it opens up to see are they offer big-time guys money and right then, off the gate, and they're probably not. And I guarantee you Steelers Nation is going to pull their hair out for no good reason because it's just the way they've always done business. Of course, no matter if he stands by, he being Kevin Colbert, saying, oh, I don't know if this is the right time to do this. Or he does make a move, and Steelers fans are not happy with that said move. It's just the nature of Steelers fans. You're, I, I, I'm, you and I are included in that group, but it is the most boiled fan base, I think, for good reason, right? The Cowboys fans are obnoxious, but for no reason, they're not a good team. The Steelers fans have had continued success, basically since the '90s, for a bunch of 30 years, and they're still unhappy. But getting back to the original free They're agency, so the the one piece that Kevin Colbert said, or the one regret he mentioned, saying I I wish I had done so, was bringing in another veteran, veteran lineman off of lineman. So whether it's going out and getting the big name or addressing it via the draft, I think based off of a the state of the offensive line last year and b that regret that he publicly. I think it's obvious offensive line is probably at yeah. the forefront of, of sites in terms of what needs to be addressed May, this Whether offseason. purposefully or not, I think he kind of 
tipped his hand a little bit on that one. But how much of a hand is that really going to tip? I mean, yeah, you know, four, this is the weakest unit of of both sides of the football. Yeah, there's four diamonds sitting in the flop. You got to assume that guy's got a diamond if he's going all in. You know, Steelers' offensive line is crap. You got to assume he's going to go heavy to trying to rebuild that as fast as he can. Um, as far as the process is concerned with free agency, they won't start looking at outside free agents until after they go to the Senior Bowl, which they've already done. Then he said, we'll go to the Combine and we'll go to Pro Days, and then we'll look at what uh, we do in free agency. Uh, as far as inside the building, it starts today. He said mm-hmm. in his press conference on Monday, Tuesday will be the first of a two-week process of us really evaluating our own free agents in-house. And the big one there is Joe Hayden. And what do you want to do with Joe Hayden? Um, guys that I think he's going to sign pretty easily, uh, Kella Witherspoon, he'll bring back no problem. Uh, I'm sure they'll try to do something with Terrell Edmonds too because you just don't want to lose him. Uh, smaller guys like Washington, Ray Ray, uh, Mallet maybe gets another offer. Chooks probably comes back. Those are all guys you can spend minimal money on. Joe Hayden's the one, and I guess you throw Juju in that category too, sure. although I think he's gone, but... Joe Hayden's the one that I look at, and I really bet that they're sitting down hard and thinking, can we make the money work? Can we make the firm work? And does Joe still have enough left in the tank to make this doable? I bet he's a guy that garners a lot of debate as far as these internal signings are concerned. Yeah, and I think it's for good reason just because you think the talent is still there, and you saw when he was off the field for periods of time this past season compared to when he was on – you seen that the leadership really was a big factor of his game, but age part. I mean, that's that leadership comes with age, and you don't really know. Can he still produce? What this is going to be his twelfth year, his eleventh year, his thirteenth year, something like that. Can he still produce at that old age? And I think there was a time when he was. In 2017, that 2017-2018 season, people weren't ecstatic about what he Mm -hmm. was doing. But then he turned the page, and in 2019 and 2020, he was having really good seasons. And then 2020, he kind of dipped back a little bit. Are you concerned that regression is going to extend further, or is he going to find a balance? That's just the tough thing about gauging a veteran, gauging someone at his age, especially in a position that requires a lot of youthful attributes such as speed and quickness. And it's not necessarily about what you can do in the coming year. It's what you did in the last year that gets you paid. So he's probably going to command a lot. Um, We'll talk about franchise tags in the NFL episode we do later, but franchise tag's probably too steep if you're going to put that tag on a guy like Joe Hayden. So you might be stuck between a rock and a hard place when it comes to him. Just too old, but still good enough that he gets too much money that you don't really want to spend. But a team that's a contender, second cornerback, is going to overpay for him to try to get them over the hump. So I worry that that might be a guy that you just end up losing. One last thing on the quarterback, so that I, I failed to mention, Colbert. Uh, he talked about mobility again. He talked about being mobile is one of the big things that they're looking at at the position. But he also mentioned the biggest red flag he comes with that he he looks at with quarterbacks, and that's accuracy. He says if a quarterback is accurate at the college level, it's a pretty good indicator over history that he's going to be accurate at the professional level, although it is a different game. A lot of the college game is leaking into our game. There are more similarities than there have been in recent years. They are, they're all going to be different sizes. They're all going to have different arm talent. They're all going to have different athletic abilities. But if you ask me one thing that I can think I can identify a potentially quality quarterback with, it would be his accuracy. 
So if a quarterback isn't mobile and really can't hit the broadside of a barn, he ain't going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler because accuracy seems to be the biggest key as far as the GM is concerned. And that's for good reason, based off of what you saw out of Ben last year, Mason kind of in 2019, and then one performance in 2021. You you have the talent, right? We we've talked about this so many times. You have Najee Harris at running back, finally a legitimate number one running back. Right. It's Le'Veon Bell, uh, part of ways or or sat out the 2018 season. You have a really really good tight end and half army, especially considering how young he is as well. He'll be mm-hmm. there for a long time. And then the wide receiver core. I mean, yeah, they have their problems, but if they fine tune those drops. If Chase Claypool can stay focused when on the field, you have talent. It's just getting the ball to that talent is clearly something Colbert is prioritizing here for good reason because we saw Ben. It's hard. It's so hard to to play this game at the age of 39. It's something Ben was trying to do. Mason Rudolph, I mean, he was the third-round pick uh, in 2018. Uh, his one game. He started in 2021, not his best, but maybe not entirely his fault because we all know it wasn't that long of a a heads up that he was given that he was going to start that game. He had the same heads up that everyone else had. Ben was put on that COVID list on the Saturday night before the Sunday Sunday morning game, and he only had, what, about a 12-hour span to prepare for that game, so not a lot of time. And, And the one play that a lot of people talk about from that game is the touchdown pass that wasn't to Ray Cloud mm. that just skipped off the ground that you would assume have made that throw, uh, and Mason didn't. So I do not blame Colbert at all for prioritizing accuracy, considering the talent he has, or whoever he being that quarterback is going to have around him. Got to be able to get the ball to those guys. It wasn't just the quarterback that got a lot of attention from Colbert's presser. I think the biggest thing that people took away was his comments about Steph to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he really cleared the air at all and didn't really give us an app, an actual reason to believe that he's for sure coming he back. He said the same thing that you and I have said that Steelers fans across the nation have said. We would welcome Steph on to it back in 2022 if he's willing to come back. The big thing, though, that changed with this is that he said we've been in communication with him. Right. That's and kind that's, of the thing that's been up in the air. And that's one thing, Tom, that you actually pointed out last week, saying sometimes no news is good news, but in the Steph on Tua case, no news has been bad news because you're not hearing anything from him. It's just like, give me a little bit more time and maybe we could reevaluate. This is the first time we've heard really that there have been channels between the two parties. And you can hope that that means that line of communication is is leading to something good, leading to a, a return at, at some point in the future. Yeah, we just had no idea if they were even talking to it because right. I think no one the, had said that. The key word is unknown. It was unknown, and even though we don't know what the conversation with Tuit is about, and we still don't really know what the problem is. Is it his knee? Is it his, uh, his brother's brother. untimely death, which you can never, ever put a timetable mm-hmm. on how you get over some tragedy like that? But we just don't know what it was that was keeping him off the field. Was it a mental thing or was it a physical thing? And we still don't know that, but at least we know that the Steelers are talking with him and the people that should know it or that Steph wants to know it probably do know it. And that the Steelers are, just like we said in the Brian Ford episode, first-class organization that walks the walk, they stick by their guy. And 
They're not going to say this on to it. Sorry, you've left us in this weird state unknown. We can't handle that or we can't have that. We got to cut ties. Yeah, exactly. That's not at all what's happened here. It's more like we're here. We want to help you. It kind of seems like now the ball has been left in Steph's court because the Steelers have talked to him. Colbert said, you know, we feel comfortable bringing him back this year. And we want him back in 2022. It's just a matter of if Steph wants to come back and play. So ball seems to be into its core. And if it's a knee thing, if it's a, a physical thing, I really expect him to be back in 2022, uh, rehab that up and bounce back that tough injury. But if it's a mental thing, you just have no idea. Your guess is as good as anybody's if he'll be back or not. But at least there is talk and there's movement towards, yeah, we do want him back. It's just kind of up to if Steph wants to play. I mean, that's, as I said earlier, it's what we're all saying. And I don't know if you give that kind of benefit to a player. Just any guy. That's not stuff to its talent level. We were saying in the offseason in 2021, Steph it has the potential to be a, an all-pro guy. We were talking about who needs to take a next step, and we were talking about guys like Cam Sutton becoming a a for-sure starter in the secondary. Terrell Edmonds saying, okay, you weren't giving your fifth-year option, but... Give us reason to bring you back on a different contract anyways. Uh, Alex Highsmith, be a good replacement for for Bud Dupree. We were all saying these these guys who are lower levels just becoming reliable starters. Stefan Dua was already re- the reliable starter. It's show this league how damn good you are and become that all-pro guy. And unfortunately, he just never was able to find the field this year. And finally, Gilbert did discuss the incoming GM opening that the Steelers will be facing as he's going to move on from that role uh, eventually. Um, He talked about how he is in the interview process with Rooney. It's those two interviewing his replacement, and I like that. You know, this guy's going to borderline be in the Hall of Fame as a GM Uh someday. I think he has the—not the right, but he has the— you want that guy helping you make that decision. Sure. You'd want to have that guy advise you into making It's not a choice. conflict of interest in any way. No, because he's retiring. It's not like you're replacing and not only, I don't want to. I don't really think you can say he's retiring. Yeah, you're right. He's stepping he's, down from his role, right. but he's taking on another role. And he said that he hopes to continue with the organization past once and he I've, officially I can't down. imagine this. You're going to say, meh. I don't really no, know. He'll, he'll be in the building as long as For he sure. wants to be. Uh, uh, another thing was they won't make the announcement. Maybe they'll make the hire, but not the announcement until after the draft. After the draft. Well, Colbert's going to draft. That's For sure. That's pretty much been uh, uh, a foregone conclusion since the reports came out that he would be stepping down, is that he, he would still be drafting. One other thing that he said, though, that was interesting to me, he really believes strongly that they might look outside as far as the, the well, new GM hire would be. I think they're up to now eight candidates that they've interviewed, public, that it's been formally announced that they've interviewed that have been outside candidates. That's not including Omar Khan. And Brandon Hunt. That's not including Brandon Hunt. These are eight guys not in the organization that the Steelers have said, yes, we sat down with. They have had the whatever, right or wrong, to be that um, identity of hiring from within. They don't hire head coaches from within. Noel Cowher Tomlin, all outside hires. They don't hire GMs from within. Outside hire, Tom Donahoe before that outside hire. So when they come to the big dog spots, they tend to look on the outside. They do. And, I mean, this is very quickly. So this is something we talked about in the previous episode about Brian Flores. Maybe the counter argument about Brian Flores being the next head coach, maybe not. Because he's inside. He's already inside. 
Although, he's a pretty damn good candidate sure, if absolutely. you're going to have a coach in waiting. Come, the problem is, if Flores has so much success that he deserves another head coaching job, Tom, Tom, Tom go- is not walking away anytime soon, I don't no. think. So. And, and Flores is, I don't think, going to wait around. I think the history, though, and the statement of Colbert, not saying they're going to go outside, but saying they're looking hard outside, writing, well, I think the GM job is coming from the outside and not going to be an Omar Khan slash Brandon Hunt internal hire. I think I'm pretty confident. But, so. I mean, Omar and Brandon Hunt, great pieces to have still in the building, still helping out that GM, whoever it is. Oh, no question. No question about that. And Kevin Colbert, so a Absolutely. really, really good piece Just to have. Just because he won't be the guy, the GM, doesn't mean he won't be in those conversations moving forward about who to target in the draft, who to target via free agency, if there's a trade that could be done. Anything like that, I'm sure Kevin Colbert will be involved. And Kevin Colbert's not a guy that has struggles with power. You know, he's no. he's not the type of guy that's going to come in and, and still try Demand, to put his foot down, yeah. even though he's not the GM anymore. He'll he'll take a more backseat role, and he'll be a very good sounding board for whoever he'll the be guy okay is that it. comes in. Well, especially because he's going to hire pretty much sure. the guy who's replacing him. Uh, it's always always easy to hand over the reins when you know exactly who you're handing the reins over to. For this episode of the Steelers Standard, always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman, and we'll talk to you next time.